0: The volume. Oral sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. FanDuel is the best; they're America's number one sportsbook. It's so easy to use, safe and secure. What more do you need to hear here? The fast payouts too, as quick as two hours. What a turnaround! And there's so many different bet types as well as same game parlay bets, live betting, player props, futures. There's risk-free bets and the same game parlay bets, enhanced odds markets. There's so much more. It's fantastic. It will not let you down. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 533-42 in Arizona. 1 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1 800 gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline 1 800 889 9889 in Tennessee or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Welcome to the sessions, you beautiful people. Speaking of beautiful people, the beautiful people, the beautiful people. I did not need to just do that, but I'm not deleting this and redoing it, so we're just going to live with it. Um, Summer Ray is on the show, one of my longtime personal close friends, one of the people that um, I was closest with um, during my time in WWE, or I guess really like her time in WWE, because um, she left me for a couple of years. Uh, but Summer is officially entered into this year's Royal Rumble. I think this is one of the big surprises. It was really cool to have her on just to get to pick her brain. I could talk to her for hours and hours. Uh, we only just scratched the surface, I feel. Um, yeah, we used to talk about what that phone call was like for her to realize she was going to be joining the Rumble. Um, into what she's done since leaving WWE. Walking fashion shows. Doing uh, Paris Fashion Week. New York Fashion Week. This girl has been absolutely crushing it while also getting into the horse racing game, and also getting into the Bitcoin world. She is really doing it all and doing it flawlessly. Um, So here we go. Let's get into it. Here's Summer Rae. It's so funny getting ready for this interview because I actually didn't get ready because I knew that we were just going to like shoot the shit. And I already like know so much of your shit. But I've also not seen you in years
1: like social media. I feel like I know what's going on with your life and you feel like, you know, what's going on with my life. But then it's like, we really haven't like really caught up. So I was like, let's just do that on the
0: podcast. Okay. so first things first, we'll get all the wrestling stuff out of the way and then we'll get into real life things. But um, let's just address the, the burn on your face. What happened?
1: I like burned myself on a curling iron. I was really tired and I had to shoot something the other morning and um,
0: it's coming along well. If your cheekbones weren't so chiseled, this might not be a problem.
1: My last picture on Instagram, it's um, for this company. I had no makeup on, but I had this burn and it made me look like I had defined chiseled uh, jawline and cheeks. Yeah, it was great. But I don't recommend, um, I mean, what is your demographic? Is it mostly men or women?
0: For sure. It's mostly dudes. Yeah.
1: So no one's burning their face on a curling iron. I highly doubt this, but you never know.
0: They might not, but you never know. I mean, you know, guys might be dabbling in the curling iron world. Maybe they're, maybe they're ironing their beards out. I don't know. Maybe that's a thing.
1: That's what's going on here. And then I have a sick undertaker shirt on. I worked um, for this brand years ago and it's called fair play in LA. It's like streetwear, And they did like a WWE line when I was injured and I modeled for it. And I, I have this, I have like a stone cold shirt. It's sick.
0: And I love wearing them around because people don't recognize me now. really with my hair. I love your hair red. I wish I was going to be there in gorilla for Vince to see this though.
1: When they called me about rumble and stuff at first, they were like, Hey, would you be interested? Like, would you even consider? And I, that was like, my second thing that I said was like, Oh, I'm red headed now. And like, I guess Sasha has like every hair color under the world like and trend, but like I think I look extremely different like some people don't even really recognize me especially on socials and so um John Cone was like oh yeah Johnny and I like we'll like we'll bring it up to Vince and then I remember like saying it in front of like my sister or something she was like don't use it as an excuse I was like it's not an excuse like I can't just like show up like this and Vince see me and be like who the hell
0: well, I mean, for a one-off, you kinda can. I mean, you could roll you could roll in there with like a pixie cut and be like, guys, I'm booked. I'm number twenty-seven, whatever you're going in at, and play my music. Here we go. What are they gonna do? Yeah. Oh, number twenty seven would be sweet. That I would mean I'd be in there for like a couple minutes. It's it's also like the sweet spot. I think number twenty-seven is the number that has the most wins. I'm a absolute fucking loser for knowing that um but that's what happens when you broadcast in WWE for so long is you have all these little facts that just rattle around in your brain I'm glad you like my hair
1: I, I love did it text Eva Marie two days before I did it because I was using her hairdresser Jose Gleglam and I had had my hair for 34 years like same cut color everything your mom did your hair right forever yeah for years and my mom actually was like there's no way I'm dying you a different color." you will hate it and you'll kill me. And I was like, fair enough. And so I texted Eva. I was like, I'm thinking about doing this. So when I first did, it, it was dark red. It was like purpley red, like almost like a Sasha red. And when I told Eva, she was like, you're going to freak out. And then like two days later, you're going to really like it. Then he took the towel off. And within seconds, I was like, I'm obsessed. And he was like, really? I was like, oh my God, i lived my whole life in a different hair color. So the blonde comes through and my hairdresser in New York has been doing it the most kind of. And she says, people come into the salon and say, I want to do what you did with her hair. And she's like, Oh, well that's like her natural blonde coming through. Like she doesn't have highlights. Like it's not going to look like that. So it's interesting.
0: Yeah. That always blew my mind about you. I mean, I'm a natural blonde, but not like you are like you are a blonde, blonde, blonde. Like I cannot believe that your hair comes in that light. What an anomaly. Especially like when Tennille and I are
1: overseas and like we're outside, I'll like come back. It's a whole nother color. So it makes modeling really interesting because then my agents will be like, hey, can you like step outside and take a selfie for us? Like for us to pitch you to this client, like to see what you're working with today. But yeah, it's fun. Barbie makes me want to go blonde, like a little bit. Like when I hang out, I mean, now she's brunette, but like when I hang out with her, I'm like, oh, she's so good blonde. And like,
0: she makes me miss it a little bit. She's great both ways, too. I mean, you guys both look great in any hair color. So, whatever. The red's great. But that's like my number one
1: and two tweets by the WWE Universe is like, what are you wearing for Rumble? And are you going back blonde? And I'm like thinking like, I know it's mostly men that like, you know, are my fan base, but I was like, no,
0: I can't just go back blonde
1: in like a week. Like it would take no, like multiple it would trash visits your like my hair. hair. It would trash yeah. your hair.
0: Also, how about them using for your like, uh, for your still photo when you had the black through your hair at Rumble or oh at gosh, Mania? I know.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm like, that doesn't even look like, that. I'm like, well, I guess they're like prepping my hair, me not to like come back looking like that.
0: We know her hair's different, but yeah, use
1: that one. <laughs> It's the worst pictures ever. Like WWE, like always. whatever man. I'm like, can we have like a gay man picking pictures? Like, why is it always Please. like someone that like, and I'm so angry in all of them. It's hilarious. So usually I'm like, oh, I don't want to repost that because it's ugly. But like literally everyone they did. I was like, I'm just going to have to post it. And WWE um, posted Natty and I's total diva fight on a reel the other day.
0: I oh it. my gosh. I am so excited for this reignited feud between you and Natalia. I love where this is going. I hope that you guys get some work done inside the ring in Rumble.
1: It's crazy because like literally everyone's tweeting for us to be number one and number two. <laughs> and I'm like, I really want to come back, but not that much. Um, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, can I be like eliminated by number nine then?
0: Um, oh my gosh. So, yeah, because Natty was in there one time. Wasn't she for like 55 minutes? She's done like some workhorse stuff like that, like Iron Woman style. Yeah, I don't know what the number is, but yeah, it is something like astronomical like that. Yeah. Natty, yeah, we just got a lot of years of beef behind us, Natty and I. Some pent up frustration. Slap her right in the mouth. Take that, Neidhart. The thing that I like
1: about WWE is that because they're so socially active, they really do take into consideration whatever's happening on socials like when I debuted with Fandango maybe this is not a story that's been ever told but when I debuted with Fandango on Monday Night Raw it was in London and it was because that like backup dancer girl that they were well first they were hiring a different girl in every city and then that one girl stuck hater my arch nemesis and I'm just kidding and so She couldn't go over there because she wasn't an employee. Well, none of us are employees, but, like, she's not, like, independent contracted by WWE, and so she couldn't go over there, so they were, like, cool, like, bring up Summer, teach her a little dancey dance, like, no rehearsal, nothing. They were, like, okay, let's just send her, and she'll stay on the tour with Dango, like, the whole time, and then she'll come back, and then we'll replace her. So I went up, live events, did Raw, trended, like, crazy, like, I, like, people thought I debuted, then I went back, and I think that Monday... I think that Monday in America, I even went on TV because it was just like we ended up there in the loot. So why not have her come on?
0: Yeah, I feel like when you started doing it, you just kept going, right? Oh, no, no, no. So then they sent me back down. So then after
1: the tour, they sent me down. And the next week, which is fine, like whatever, I made some money. The next week, they had the girl back on Raw. The fans went wild. Like, they loved her, but they were like, no, where's Summer? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Like, couldn't believe it. And then I think maybe two weeks, they are like, it's fine. They'll forget. And then maybe one or two weeks, we'll have to ask any Nikki. And then I remember going up to TV the next week, and I remember Hunter being like, well, you're here because Twitter threw a fit. <laughs> and he was like, and they wanted you to be here. And like, and I understand why they didn't want me with him, because like he is the main attraction in that pairing at the time like it was his big debut and like me being a name versus like a no-name dancer it would be us and so Hunter was like it's very much like you know China with me like looking well even though she became you know such a big entity but like you looking at him the whole time don't look in the camera like you valeting like how can you make it about him 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 because that was like our worry about having you two up there.
0: How did you feel of like being told that though? I mean, I know how badly you wanted to be a wrestler and how badly you wanted to work for WWE. What was like that process of like hearing that of like, it ain't about you right now. We got to put Dango over. I just
1: love that. I was getting any kind of direction. Like, I feel like you're very much like thrown to the wild and like, they want to see how you do it. And then you get in trouble instead of like, Hey, X, Y, Z. So like, I feel like it's best to be like X, Y, Z. And then if it doesn't get over, it's like, well, I told you to do that. Like, you know, it's kind of like dusty would always be like, you know, do it and ask for apology afterwards, you know, which Dream said that. I think about that all the time, like do what's best for you. And then ask for an apology afterwards. I do it all the time now, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just like, didn't really, I was just like thankful to be up before I went up. A girl hadn't been up in a year and a half and it was, it was the funcidactyls. Trim was like already up on NXT and then Cameron went up and she was like fresh, you know, really new. So when I went up, it was a year and a half. So I felt like very fortunate, like, oh my gosh. And then after me, it was like, every three months and then every month. And now people just go up and down all the time. So yeah, like I didn't really, I was just like, okay, cool. Like let's try it because this is my ticket in. So I, I feel like I never really took anything like personal.
0: Yeah, no, certainly. And it's so funny, like thinking back to those times, God, I feel like you were one of the first people that I like really became friends with in WWE. And like, I, yeah, I remember you like going through all that stuff. Like, cause when you were doing your stuff in London, cause weren't you in a helicopter with the shield guys? Right. Oh my gosh. Like it was crazy when
1: the shield first got hot. Dango was like hot and he was like with Jericho straight off of like mania. I wonder if that, if that wasn't when I debuted or if that was like when we were still hot the next tour, but yeah, we went from Wales And they threw us all in a helicopter and someone from dot com came and took our exit. And it was they probably had to separate like the Shield came out first and then we came out so we couldn't like, you know, why are we riding on the Shield's private jet, you know, private, private helicopter. Then we got whisked away to the O2 Center. And even now, like my friends that are in bands or my friends that are country singers, they're like, you wrestled at the O2 Center? Like it is so coveted in London and I'm like, oh, multiple times. So that was my debut. And then when I came back from filming Marine four, I came back at the O2 center and Layla was kissing dango. And I just posted that. Yes, that and so like London is like very special for me because I kept like having all these moments, but yeah, the shield. And then I remember I did a loop with the shield and I rode with them in a car, like in Texas, which like the Texas drives are like, five and a half They're so Usually long like yeah under five like if it's a long long and in Texas for some reason it was like almost six and I remember it was just like the three of them and me like why like I would that would never happen again and I remember, You don't fall asleep, right? Like you just not fall asleep when driving. And I cannot remember if I was like applying makeup or I want to say maybe I dozed off for a half a second and they would slam the brakes on, like throw a water bottle at me and close persimmonate. And I'm like,
0: what is going on? So they were like the brothers I never had. I don't know if you remember this, but we went out one night, me and you, we went and met up with John and Roman at a bar. And this was one of the first nights that I really hung out with John. John and I were doing like the dirty dancing. Like he was like trying to like lift me up and I was like sandbagging his ass. But I remember being there and like where it was just, yeah, it was me and you, John and Roman. And I remember asking you, I was like, you're not like seeing one of them. Are you? Cause that's when I was like, I think something's happening with John and I, but I really don't know. I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, no. You're like, absolutely not. They're like, no, they're like brothers to me. Like there's no way I'm like, okay, good green light. Here we go, baby. Was that after TV? I think that was when you and I were driving with Cole and JBL. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I
1: just saw JBL at the signing big event or whatever. And like, I haven't seen him in years. Like he doesn't really do the same signings as me. And so, well, no one's really has signings because of the pandemic. And he said to me that thing, he goes, I'll never forget you riding with me and Cole and Renee. And like, you girls just wouldn't shut up. And I was like, I'm pretty that sure that got like, us I kicked I out of the sh-
0: car. <laughs> oh, and then he said, we made him get Instagram. I do think that that's true because I feel like he said that in the post. And I was like, that kind of rings a bell. I feel like that might've been a thing that we had that happened. So you're welcome, everybody.
1: He was like, I have social media because of you. And I was like, what? Oh, oh, cause that's what he said. I was with Tennille and he was like, oh my gosh, we watch your travels all the time. You too. And your travels. And he goes, the only reason I'm watching it is because you signed me up for Instagram. And I was like, what? And he was like, you signed me up. And I was like, I don't remember that. And he was like on that trip. Why did we all ride together? Well, you
0: were riding with them, right? I was riding with them already. Like I, they were the first people I ever rode with when I started on on the road. And then you and I were such close friends at the time that we were like, hop on in girl. Um, Okay, let's run things back here for a quick second. I mean, we've already been running it back, but but more like a present day run back. How did it all come about for them to call you for the Rumble? Because this is your first WWE thing since leaving, which is crazy. It's crazy. Like, well, the funny thing is too,
1: like, there was no like rumblings ever. October was when I left. And so that was like October 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. But then I hadn't wrestled the year before that. So I think I just crossed over four years gone, but five and a half years since a match. So like my last match, I didn't even know, you know, the fans like tweet you. It was like, and I never was like, ow. I'm injured. It was like, I started to like kind of speak up after this like live event match. I think I, I think the fans have told me my last match was like with Foxy in like a random city in July. And I had like kind of spoke up and then like went to a doctor then went to another doctor and went to another. And like, I never really knew like, so that'll be cool. Like going to the rumble again. Cause I'll be like, Oh, I never like had a last match and I can like be present in that moment and aware of like what's happening. But yeah, no one had like called me texted me nothing. I remember like at the beginning of the pandemic living in New York, I was like, Oh, Connecticut's kind of close. Like I wonder if it worked for headquarters and like, and then the pandemic hit. So I like, always Carano and like Cone would like message me happy birthday. And I, I never burned the bridge. Like, but I also don't have access to like Vince or anything. And then I went to Tennille's show on impact because I just happened to be in Vegas. And I was like, and like, of course the dirt sheets picked that up and we're like, Oh, she's going there. And I was like, no, I'm just like, not this very coincidental. Like I just happened to go to her show, you know, like, I guess I could have sat in the back, but I wanted to see her, you know? And so I'm literally packing for Abu Dhabi. It was like nine o'clock at night. And I see John Cohn's name pop up on my phone. And I went, what? And you just know. I literally picked up the phone and said, What do you want? And he was like, "We're so purple. I go, Oh, don't you (laughs) like what is it? What on earth? Like, what is this? It's been four and a half years. And he goes, Well, putting together a list of like potential girls wanted to gauge your interest. And I kind of was like, I honestly didn't even really get my hopes up. I said, "Well, that's flattering and cool. Of
0: course, like
1: there's only been—is it three women's Rumbles? I think this is three or four. Yeah, I want to say
0: three, which means that it's probably
1: four. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So I was like, I mean,
1: that's amazing. Like growing up, like the Rumble for me is like my favorite pay per view. It was always that or Money in the Bank. I thought was really cool, and then of course Mania, everyone loves, but. Almost all of my guy friends love Rumble. It's just fun. It's exciting. Rumble's the best one. It's the best paper. I think game. so. Like when the Godfather comes out and his host. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I get on the O ho- train, baby. <laughs> be out your ho-. I told him that the first time I met him. I was like, I used to want to be your host so bad, and he was like, Ma'am, are you with catering? Like, who are you? And I was like, No. <laughs> so um, big fan, big fan, yeah, big fan. So after, so I, I was like, That's crazy, and I think I called my mom. I was like, You'll never guess what? And my mom was like, Oh well. And then I literally flew to the middle east so it was like they were like you won't find out to like probably in the new year i was like okay great so like, got it received it let it go and then he called me like i think five days later and was like well merry christmas because we actually have an answer for you and it's yes and i was with Tanil and i was like really i'm like really he's like yeah and then in my head i just started thinking i'm like Oh my gosh! Okay, like gear, like what moves do I do? What is my entrance like? What? And I was like, wait, what is this? Like, who do I tell? Like, do I not tell? Like, where is it? Like, so it's just all in your head. And Tanil was like so happy for me. She was like, oh my gosh! And I I was like that too. But I was like processing it. I'm like, wait. And so I was like, does he know I have red hair? And they're like, yeah, Johnny loves it. Vince thinks it's cool. And I was like, okay. And so then I and then I didn't even ask who else was. I was just like, okay, great. And then I hung out the phone and like, she was like, that's great. Spin kick, spin kick cover. Like, like, <laughs> she's like, you do. She's like, do a little spin kick, spin kick, roll through, you know, she's like, you could be in there for two minutes or 20. Who knows? I was like, yeah, that's true. And so I love that her response, you know, for me for that, yeah. like, she's just a really good friend. And, um, so then I kind of was like, oh shoot, like I'm overseas and forever. So that's when I kind of was like, I don't even know anyone to like a ring or like fixed gear or anything. So, um, you know, luckily I have like really good pieces of gear that I've like spent like $1,500 on that I've like never really worn, but once so I've been able to like alter stuff, which I know is gonna like annoy some people, but like also no one pays my bills. And like, you know, that's just what I wanna do. When I think of summer array, I picture like the pink and the gold. That's a good one. That one's a little beat up because I wore that a lot. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like I'm just really excited. I have no idea. Well, then they called me last Friday and said, so Vince like wants to announce a couple of people tonight in the guys match and the girls match. And he's thinking about announcing you. So like just a heads up about your socials are going to surge. And I was like, wait, really? And then I'm thinking in my head, oh my gosh, I haven't told any of my best friends. Like I'm going to look like such a bad person. You know, like I really had not told anyone because I didn't want anyone to ruin the surprise. And so then when it happened, like I kind of was like, a little like taken back. because I'm like, Oh, that stinks. Like it's supposed to be a surprise. But then also in my head, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to use this to market the crap out of me and what I'm doing. So I'm just like, every time I'm in the gym, it's like the road to rumble. And you know, I can like reignite my beefs again with Natty, um, Pamela Bailey, she like wrote me like Pam. Who's Pam? I remember that when I first met her, I'm like, who the hell is Pam? Pam is like such an old lady name, and she's like so young and cool. So I was actually going to see her because I was going to visit my roommate, my old roommate, and she was like doing something at one of his gyms. So we ended up facetiming recently. So she started like put me over on um, Twitter. Would call to me, call to me, and all this stuff. So it was funny. Like so, I talked to a bunch of the girls, and you know, they all were like it's an insane match to put together and like everything changes up until the moment that you walk out. And I'm just like, how is that even possible? Like imagine someone goes up for a superplex and you throw, you forget and throw someone across the way and they get suplexed on. Like, it's just interesting. But I mean, I definitely like have no ego, like work. I feel like I'm very easy to work with. And I think, producers probably have a time with the boys and the girls matches for those because of all the personalities and the egos and getting your shit in so you know with me like i would love to have maybe like we can have like a little total divas moment because there's going to be so many of us total divas in there and you know have like you know maybe a spot with natty or something and
0: then wave to my friends. I have like a lot of people coming. I know because I'm on this group chat for the cardio situation. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? For no one
1: listening. I knew I was doing this. I knew I was doing the rum- rumble. And I was like, I would love to like walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes every day. So I started with my group, like close group of friends. Um, I think there's like 30 people in our chat, and we do 30 minutes of cardio for 30 days, but it's the most random group of people. It's like Renee and Tanil. With like my hairdresser from New York, my old roommate, couple of gay friends, like my mom and sister, Allie's mom, like all these people. And it's been cute. Like we're all like really super encouraging us stuff. But when it all came out, it's crazy. Like I just feel like I've done something right where I just have friends that will drop what they're doing. They have babies and stuff and they will like buy a ticket and come like fly hotel I mean it's not cheap and I mean I'm probably like five of my friends today I have to help them find tickets um when we get off the phone but like they want to come so I think I have almost like 15 people so the
0: summer race section
1: it's pretty cool so I'm like please do not let me in there for 90
0: seconds but like if so like, it'll be fun fight fans throw your best haymaker with a risk-free first bet from FanDuel Sportsbook Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, new customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with the promo code Renee, and you'll be able to get all of the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. FanDuel offers all of your favorite bets. Choose from the money line to the method of victory to which round the fight will end and so much more. You can even parlay different fight bets together. The bigger your parlay, the bigger your potential payout becomes. This is what I'm looking forward to. UFC 270, we've got Cyril Ghosn in Francis and so much going on between these two in the heavyweight division I think I got a lean with Cyril Ghan on this one. I think that he's going to get it done and that's going to leave a lot of things up in the air for Francis and Ganu. Cannot wait to see this. FanDuel is America's number one sports book and is now live in New York. Uh, and New Yorkers get out there, do it. New Yorkers know how to do things big. They know how to do it right. Do not miss out on this. The app is so easy to use. And when you win, you're going to get paid in as little as two hours. So, to place your first bet risk free, just sign up with the promo code Rene, that's RENEE, that's R E N E E, and make every fight night mean more with the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21+ and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800 NEXT STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888. 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1 800 gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1 877 8 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY to 467 369 for New York. The Tennessee Red line 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or visit 1 800 gambler.net for West Virginia let's get into why you left. Cause I know it was a big deal when you left. I mean, I remember you kind of going through the motions of figuring out what you were going to do and what you wanted to do and what your own aspirations were outside of, of WWE, Um, And you were dealing with some injuries. So what all was going on at that time?
1: So I have a bone spur on a vertebrae in my neck on C4. I love when people like talk C and T and S. I'm like, "Yes, yes, C4 is me, you're T5. Yeah, yeah. And then I have thoracic outlet syndrome. So I think you can live with bone spurs. Like old people have them from like car accidents and stuff like that. I'm very young to have one. But thoracic outlet syndrome is horrible. And so that, so like your thoracic is like, from your shoulder blade to here. And so a lot of major league pitchers have it and it's called like TOS. And so basically like anytime I kind of flex my hand that shoots like shooting pain up here, Um, to lift weights. I kind of, even though I'm baby jacked, I do like five to 10 pounds because it's nerve damage basically. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to remove my first rib. Like Marilyn Manson style. Remember that old rumor? Oh my God. (laughs) Then I can maybe help myself. Um, So your first rib is technically your trap. So like people think ribs are like under your pecs and under your boobs, but really it's like up here. So in order to move my first rib, I mean, the scar fans come up to me now if they've like really read up on it and they're like, oh, I had the rib removal and their scars, like even in 2020 are like this big and not even that it's a scar. You like can't work. You can't even start to get physical therapy for like two months. You have to like learn how to like sit out of bed. I mean, when you are missing a rib, it's like crazy. And so the rib is like constantly putting pressure on my nerves and stuff like that. So I was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. I'm going to just like always have like physical therapy, a chiropractor. So I work, I love like chiropractor care and cupping and, um, Graston is really good. So it was bad. Like when I, um, first was learning how to work out with it, but I've kind of learned to work around it. Um, couldn't like squat for a while, even to just the pressure on the bar. So what causes it, is it from wrestling or is it like some, yeah, so it's from like constant trauma. So like the bone is from constantly doing this, Though we're supposed to tick our chins, you know, only can do so much. And then um, yeah, and it's just like the nerve damage, like probably compressed nerves. I probably could have gotten more PT during it. It's I probably should have been treated once a week. I mean, I remember I don't even know if I had a chiropractor really in Orlando. Like now I go religiously. So yeah, like so it's weird. It wasn't like just one bump. Like when Nikki, you know, Bella, like, you know, she can like track it down to like where it was. Um, I'm really happy for her that she got cleared to Like.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, she,
1: her and I were texting too. And she's like, I didn't know if it'd be clear. So for me, like, it wasn't like a, do I get cleared? Do I not situation? Like, I don't really know what, like, I'll be fine, but then I'll like need it, like, you know, get adjusted and stuff. So personally, like, I don't think I could ever be on the road 200 days a year again, bumping, but like, I definitely can like do some things, but I'm also not trying to like get in there right now and take suplex. Like I'd rather just like do it while we're out there and have the adrenaline going, but like I've rolled around with some people and stuff and like done some MMA stuff and I, f- I didn't feel like rusty so um so yeah so when all that happened I just kind of took a chill from WWE and like got treatment and was going to rehab probably like 3 to 4 times a week and was off the road and then when I started to kind of feel better I think I like it so long ago I don't know I can't remember if I asked to go back on the road like I wanted to be used in like an acting capacity or like a manager capacity Or maybe they brought me on the road once a month. I can't remember what it was, but I definitely remember I had like a really great talk with Vince and I'm just very honest with him where I was like, you know, with the company back then, it's different than than now, like I was in Maxim Hot 100 or I had this company wanted to do a shoot with me, but legally they would have to go through WWE to book me. And so I was like, you know, if I'm just sitting at home collecting a paycheck, like that's Nice to viewers that are probably listening at home but also like for me like I'm not advancing I'm just getting older every year and I'm not doing anything creatively and you and I are so like career driven so I just had really good talks with him and he was like he loved me like as a voice and as a manager and he was always like yeah let's find a space with you um but I totally understood that like I'm also not Randy Orton you know so like it's out of sight out of mind and when you're at home you know, you're very much out of sight. So um I was proud of myself for speaking up a lot towards the end. But I also think now, like, I'm just a very different human. And I've gone through so many things out since I've left and learned how to navigate business more, um, where, yeah, eventually they let me go, um, which is great, because then you have a different set of royalties than if you quit. Yeah, technically, I was fired, but it was with great communication, um, you know, and it was always knowing that, like, I personally think I probably would have never left if I wasn't injured. I definitely think, you know, like the universe gave me the injury to kind of set me free and like make me go do that because there were so many times maybe where like I should have left before and I just didn't because it and it's also comfortable and it's nice to have consistent money now after the pandemic, you realize like how amazing that is. Um, But I'll tell you what, no one should ever wrestle not in front of a crowd that looked horrible.
0: Oh my God. I felt so bad for everyone having to do that. Like I had left, you know... Of the pandemic had been going on for a couple months before I had left. So I had been down, but I had got COVID. So I was off the road for a while. And then when I was back and then it was like, it was pretty quickly after that, that, um, that we decided to part ways. And, um, yeah, it was, it was so weird being there in the Thunderdome or being at the performance center. You can hear like, you know, the camera crew talking to each other and you can hear like the commentators like breathing, like it was just so weird. It just goes against like
1: anything we ever were taught about psychology and like listening to the crowd and like you do feed off of it. And so like when people always ask me what I miss the most from WWE or if I miss it, I'm like, oh, I miss the crowd. And like so many of my friends are in bands or in, you know, performers. And they're like, you don't get that feeling like hearing those people and like seeing them like it makes Laredo, Texas worth it but hearing the fans, like it makes, you know, the grind and like not being near your family. And like, I very much think I'll have to ask my therapist if this is me blaming, but like that I'm like single and like, don't have a baby and like certain don't have a family because like, it is so much when you're on the road for six years and you devote your life. And I think it takes a
0: very special kind of, man. Well, you marry a wrestler. That's what you do. You find a wrestler and you bunk up and you call it a life for sure. And I totally get why like
1: people did that. And like, you know, when they were dating and like, it was hard in my relationship at the time too. like your long distance. And I think a lot of times, like the woman at home cooking and cleaning, when he comes home, the kids are fed and the bills are paid and the laundry's done. But for like a woman to come home and the man's doing that you know, it's maybe like, where are my needs? So what are they being met? I'm exhausted on my day off. I got to get my hair done and my nails and tan, yeah. rub my tan off. And, you know, so it's like, um, it's a dynamic and I loved it, but I also loved navigating my life afterwards. Um, yeah. So that was
0: interesting. Okay. Let's get into that stuff because you have been crushing it. Um, people, I don't want to say like, it's, it's a weird thing when you leave WWE and it's like, it's really like, who am I, what am I doing? What am I trying to accomplish? Like it can really, people can really flounder in it and it can be really hard. And, um, so it's really cool from the outside to see everything that you've done. Like you have accomplished so much in your time of leaving from like I mean, from you going into like modeling to you getting to, you know, do New York fashion week, Paris fashion week, Miami fashion week. Like, did you ever imagine that those were the things that you were going to be able to go on and do on the other side of WWE? Um,
1: no, because like all I ever thought about was WWE. So like that was the top. And I remember even getting Marine with Ms. and still Miz and Marie's like nicest people ever, like still talking here and there. And I remember getting the movie and thinking while I was still on total divas, I was doing like my backstage or my interview Total divas. And I remember thinking, dang, I should have dreamt bigger because I just dreamt to be a WWE diva. And like, that was it. So then like, you should, so that taught me like you need to set new goals every time you reach them. But when I left, like it was hard. You go through like an identity crisis. Like I literally respond to summer way more than Danielle. I didn't know who she was. I had to figure it out. And it was weird because like, the outside world sees, not even Toad Diva, sees Monday Night Raw and Friday Night Smackdown as reality TV. And like, in my head, I don't, because I think Toad divas is like keeping with the Kardashians as reality. But I was very much, and I, if you look at my Instagram, I look like an influencer. I look like I should be making anything off my Instagram for like paid posts and stuff like that. And like Barbie has been able to break into that. But like she, it happened took years for her for that. And I remember managers would just look at me and they go, Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It's great. I'm going to get you so much money. And then they would pitch me to stuff and they're like, Oh no, we don't do reality TV or we don't do this. And I remember for like a long time, it's stiff out there, man, it's really weird. And I remember talking to Jay Williams from ESPN and we were talking about, um, cause I know him through like some people and I was saying, like, at the ESPYs, when I go to the ESPYs, which I loved going to that because I feel like there's not a lot of female representation. I said it was really weird because, like, I'm a female athlete, but I don't look like one. And then I was on reality TV, so I'm not really one. But then I wasn't on reality TV because I wasn't on, like, a big Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It was only on two years of divas. And it wasn't under my real name. So then it's like, well, so then you look like a model, but then I actually don't because I'm not a size zero and I have muscles, but then I'm not a bodybuilder because I like don't lift a bunch of weights, like so-and-so. So I always felt like I didn't know where I belonged. And I know that like sounds really weird to like someone that has a desk job and go, she's bitching about this poor me, but it is.
0: No, it is such an identity crisis. And honestly, like people pigeonhole you so much. Or they want to label you. Yeah. it's, It's tough, man. Like I get it. I'm in the same world as you, but it's like, it is way different than I think people have an idea from like an outside perspective of like how you fit into different boxes.
1: And it's like an interesting niche, too, because then I would like tell my agents like, well, I don't want to be a fashion blogger like these girls shoot and do all this. And like that's not my goals. But then I didn't really know what my goals were. And I think I was doing appearances. Thank goodness that was able to like pay my mortgage. And so I remember I was like doing these appearances and I was fine. I remember one time walking oh my God, I walked like 40 blocks in New York on the phone with my mom. Like I walked literally from like Soho to like Upper West. And I was crying to my mom and like, and I was just telling her, I was like, I don't want to be 70 years old, Summer ray, signing things. And like, that's all I know I'm for. I was like, I'll never find the rush of the crowd again. Like I'll never like professional athletes always go through that. Oh, by the way, too professional athlete, but like, you're not really a professional athlete because you're WWE. Like that's a whole nother thing too, you know? Oh, you're depressed. Well, you're not an NBA. It's so like, what do you mean? Like it's fake, right? The whole thing. So I remember crying to my mom and I was just like, I just don't want to do And she goes, well, first of all, this is your in-between, like this is your crutch. How great that you can have this. I was like, no, I'm thankful. And she goes, this isn't permanent. Like this is what you're doing right now. And she goes, but I also think you're looking at it wrong you're trying to replace that feeling. You're trying to replace the crowd and the rush of this and that when really you're probably 1% of the world that got to fulfill their top tier dream and probably not even 1%, right? Like probably like 0.05. And I remember talking this to my friend that's a big country singer and he was a little depressed during COVID and stuff. I was like, how cool that like we completed that. We take it, we remember it put it in a box and that's your memory. Now you're going to go find something else. Being a mother may not have the rush and scream of the crowd, but you may get that a different feeling. Oh,
0: it rocks your world. You want your, you want your uh, adrenaline glands. Yeah. I mean, listen, this <laughs> kid gives me a run for Probably more like money. your but...
1: kids, like first soccer game or first art project or whatever, like you're chasing a feeling to replace it when you should just have gotten it close to chapter. And now you go find new experiences. Maybe you find love. Maybe you find Paris fashion. Like you throw up in the back. Like, so it's, it was so interesting. Like that was like my turning point to be like, Oh, like I don't need to replace that. Like I need to. And I think everyone chases. I mean, that's why middle-aged men buy Lamborghinis, right? Like they're chasing their young time. So that was really nice. And then COVID hit and it's like, Wow. So you go home and you're in alone in with your thoughts, which I'm usually listening to podcasts, I can't be alone. And so you, that really, I mean, it was a horrible time, but that really made me be like, okay, you're existing, like you're maintaining, but you're not getting anywhere. Thank goodness you can pay your bills from, you know, appearances, but what do you really want to do? I didn't really know, but I was like, you know, I don't have representation. I'm five foot ten. I know I have model capabilities and I love shooting. I want to get signed. And that took so long. No one's signing in the middle of the pandemic. And I think about six months in, I had a Zoom with my agency in Chicago and they said, we don't want anyone to take you. We'll take you on, but you ain't going to book nothing for like a year because it's the pandemic. But we'd love to have you. We'd love to shop you around. So I actually got signed during the pandemic. One of my most successful moments was, Sitting in the pandemic because we just have this computer where you can just really email and Zoom and like I almost started like three businesses and I remember my dad one time was like you're so lucky that you know how to start a business and I went I don't I went on YouTube how to start a business from China how to find an ethical plant in China what paperwork to file what TIN ID tax number like. I don't, but I just don't feel bad for anyone nowadays because we have the freaking internet. You can literally Google how to start a business with $500 and it'll tell you where to go to raise funds for people that want to early invest. that. Like, you know, it's very interesting even to like having been a wrestler. I'm like, yeah, like I made great money, but I also put it all in that down payment of a home we're all working, you know, the same or whatever. So hustling. Yeah. Yeah. Hustling. So it was interesting. So I think like, once we started to kind of get out of the pandemic was when I started being like, okay, now I want to do swim week and
0: now I want to do this. And got into crypto because tell me of, about that holy shit I was literally this morning googling I'm like okay what is happening with an NTF do I need an NTF what's going on with cryptos like I don't have a clue yeah but you seem like you know so I just feel like I never said no to anything.
1: Do you know, like Lisa run with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and she would always be like, depends
0: diapers. I oh, NTF. And, I just got made fun of, not NFT. NFT. Yeah, Sorry.
1: it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So, so like, and even NFTs, it's so like, most people don't know what they're talking about. Let's just be honest. But I had a friend that reached out to me last February. And was like, hey, do you know what Bitcoin was? And I was like, no. And so for anyone sitting at home that has no idea what it is, I've done all of this in one year. And so she said there's a startup where you can get paid in crypto. So, for example, WWE could say, hey, guys, we want to offer you hedge. Hedge is a way to take a percentage of your ACH wire transfer every week when you get paid. You can take 5%, you can take $5, whatever it is, and you can transfer it into the three most stable, secure cryptos that there are right now, which is Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Litecoin. Some people at home are saying why Litecoin is because it's our investor or like hedge investors app. And then it also takes any whatever you do every week. It also puts it into your wallet. So nowadays, if you're buying tons of Bitcoin a week, your banks flag it and your banks can like freeze your accounts. So you want to talk about illegal taxis never liked Ubers the banks don't like crypto hotels. Don't like Airbnb, you know, like it's very much that, you know, when things are new, when people don't like it is when you should pay attention because it's ruffling some feathers for a reason. So I said, sure. With this company had I said, I don't know anything about it, but blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, why don't I teach you? Would you want to have a one hour zoom with me? And I'm like, why is this man being so nice to me? And I'm like, okay. And so he really broke it down for me. I was so bored. So bored. Second week, he goes, You want to learn again? I said, if He's giving a free education. It's better than reading. I said, Sure. Second week, so bored. Third week, he's telling me, He's like, Well, you mine Bitcoin. This is how you mine it. It looks like a fax machine. It. It's the biggest, chunkiest, weirdest. A mining machine is weird. It's like this big. He goes, If you plug it in at Weird Work, it would make so much noise. It takes so much electricity that it can make your whole building flicker. And it's going to try to find a Bitcoin drops out of the sky, you know, for all purposes, everyone calm down, but like every couple seconds, blah, blah, blah. And it scrambles all these numbers and it's going to mine it. And the first person to win, wins that Bitcoin That's $64,000 or whatever it is. And blah, blah, blah. And I went, wait, it's 2021. And the thing looks like a fax machine from back to the future and takes electricity of a building. And I'm thinking, that's fascinating. So, that's like a Zach Morris cell phone. And that's when it like switched for me. And I'm like, wait, we're in on this early. Like, this is like really, really early. And then I watched a documentary that I really highly recommend for anyone. It's 45 minutes on Amazon and it's called Banking on Bitcoin. And it's this lady in South Africa. She walks around barefoot. She's a millionaire, multimillionaire now. She would like used her earnings on Bitcoin to buy more chickens. Swear to you. And she's just like, great. I'm like, oh, in America, someone would spend it on a Ferrari. Very telling. And so I watched this 45-minute documentary and explained it so much. And they explained just blockchain. Blockchain is in the cloud, right, for all learning purposes. Blockchain is just something in the cloud. And um, blockchain, you cannot um, lie on it. You can't alter it. If politics were put on the blockchain, every single person that gave to Biden or Trump, you could see each donation and where it went. So it's a way to hold everyone accountable. So they logged a energy plant in a very, very impoverished little town in South Africa, their water onto this meter and they put it on a blockchain. So then anyone that donated $5, it went straight to pay the meter of the electricity within seconds. So you know how there's all this talk about the Red Cross, if your blood really goes there and everything, especially nonprofit, put their organization on a blockchain, you could see how much they take out to pay their employees, how much this and that. And it was fascinating to me. I'm like, oh, everyone talks about like, oh, Bitcoin, Russia, they're all listening to you, but no one's talking about the good that it could really change of our lives. So when I watch this banking on Bitcoin thing, I was like, the blockchain could like help so many people and stop corruption. And that's so interesting. So It was something I kind of learned. And then after five weeks of him teaching me, he was like, would you want to come on as marketing director? And I was like, I knew it. I knew there was a reason you were teaching me. But I was like, sure, why not? I've never done anything like that. So they gave me like an executive position and we just went into beta for Hedge. So if anyone wants to get paid in crypto, it's gethedge.io. But yeah, so I've kind of just been in this world. The Bitcoin conference is really fun. It's in Miami in April. Um, Diplo performed. It was actually like kind of lit. I was very shocked. <laughs> He's like big into crypto too. So yeah, I just feel like I started doing horse racing too, commentating for yes, horse racing. I, yeah, you got the hats, you're ready to go. Um, Lisa Ann, the porn star, she's the Love. one who gave me the pass off of the horse racing. She had a conflict of interest. We had met each other at Sirius Radio years ago, mm-hmm. and she was like, I know this girl, like you should ask her. So I knew nothing about crypto or horse racing at the beginning of last year. And I think last February I was so close to selling my home and I was like, man, I maybe have like $7,000 like liquid in the bank. I may have to sell my home. And then I started in like Bitcoin, which hasn't, I get 1%. So it hasn't like profited just yet, but Then I got the horse racing, then I started booking for, you know, runway, and then I started getting online deals. And last year was like my most successful year to date. So,
0: oh my God, you know, that's so cool. Yeah, everything can change around in one year, you know? It's so crazy how, like, I mean, I feel like that's kind of like the rock story with like the whole seven bucks in his pocket situation. But I really feel, and I mean, not that that's like a rock bottom situation, but when you feel like you're like, what am I doing? Where am I landing? What is like my solid footing right now? It can be a really fucking scary thing. Like I've definitely had moments like that when I like wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, what am I doing? What am I Like I need to be doing X, y, and Z, or whatever. And it can be so overwhelming sometimes. But I feel like if you're working on stuff, anything, whatever it is, the things that you're passionate about, the things that are like landing in your lap. And like you said, saying yes to things. I'm such a big proponent for saying yes to opportunities and yes to learning new things and like, yes to putting yourself, um, you know, in situations where stuff like that can pay off. It's, it's so cool the way the universe kind of has your back like that.
1: For sure. And like, I think a lot of times with entrepreneurship as well, like, you know, they said how many businesses have come out of the pandemic and everyone quit their business and no one can wait tables anymore because everyone's fed up, you know. So I think there was like this awakening during the pandemic. And um, I think also too, like you can be an entrepreneur and you can manifest things, but you have to be smart. So if you have something that like you can find that consistently pay your bills or like half of it, then you can go to passion projects. So, like I since last September, so it's been a year. And a couple months, I started developing two apps with my business partner. And so one of them is going to be a social media app. So when we, when we launch like mid year, I'll have to come back on and explain that. Cause it'll be like, I think it's a way that people can make profit at home, teaching their craft, which is really cool. Whatever you do. And this whole home learning thing, zooming is just becoming the norm, your kid is going to know, you know, how to learn things at home. Um, So it's kind of something that we've just piggybacked on that. But even that, like making apps are so expensive. We have investors over like $300,000. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all these money. But I only do that knowing that I also have, you know, the horse racing was making me a little something consistent. So I think you have to be smart and you have to maybe have something that pays your bills, something that keeps you healthy and then something that like feeds you creatively.
0: Yeah, I think that's really true because I think for, you know, it's like your, your left hand's got to be doing something for your right hand to be able to, to do its thing, to be sort of ambidextrous in that situation. But like, because I mean, shit, being financially stressed about anything fucks up a bunch of shit it's really hard to stay creative and it's really hard to like stay motivated when you're like, Oh my God, I can't even pay my bills right now. I need to go grocery shopping. I need to buy stuff for my kids. Like that can throw you for such a loop and kind of wipe everything else off the table. So having something like that going and then working on the side stuff to try to get those things to come together, I think is the way kind of have to do it. And the best money I've
1: ever spent is going to therapy. And that's also something I started doing at the end of last year. And um, I'm not paid by this brand. I just like, it's changed my life. So I want to like tell your followers about it. So this app is called BetterHelp. We love BetterHelp around here. Oh, so they sponsor like podcasts. They have a great marketing team. Yeah. So it was brought up to me through a friend. And my anxiety was just like really, really bad again in like November. And like crazy anxiety and Gosh, I don't even feel like it was that bad during the pandemic. I was I was annoyed being at home and not working out during the pandemic. That's my main thing. Um, but I was like, learned about it. What it is? It's great for my lifestyle because I'm not in a certain place. But you get one hour video chat every week, and then you get access to your therapist on text DM 24 um, seven. They have up to 24 hours to message you. But my lady's really good. Like if I write her in the middle of the night, sometimes I just write her in the middle of the night because I'm like, oh, I had a thought like, I don't care. Like one, my thoughts now, the things I'm working on now are like that, like I put other people's wh- happiness before my own self-care. So like, I don't really think about my self-care as much as I do other people's happiness or whatever. So I was like telling her I had a thought and then she'll write me back at like 10 AM, like chill, but you can write at one in the morning or if you're suicidal or whatever it is, I'm sure that's like a great function. Um, the thing that I always hated about therapy is that it's so expensive. It would be like One fifty to two hundred bucks, and then you go and you go like seven times to tell me your life story, and then you like don't like them. So the thing that I like about—I swear to you, this is not an ad—but I just have loved is like so it's three hundred and sixty dollars, I think, a a month, which ends up being like eighty dollars a week. Which I think they do if you make a certain income, you can get like a discount on that, or if you have a discount code or something. But to me, like $80 a week to have a one hour talk, whether I'm in Dubai or wherever is amazing. And then messaging them. And I've just loved it. Like she gives, I wanted worksheets and stuff. And like, so I had worksheets about like, what is my talk that I tell myself and like negative self-talk. And I think I'm super positive to my friends and I think I can do it. And I always post positive stuff because it reminds me of that. But sometimes I just think that I'm not enough. And I think like a lot of people also think that. So she's given me ways to like combat negative self-talk and be like, well, what made you think that way? Is that true or false? Well, most of the time it's false. I've made it up in my head. Okay. Well, what are the facts? Well, the facts are ABC. Okay. So you're wrong. I'm like, yeah. So, so it's interesting, like, you know, and it takes time. I'm going to have to like do that every time I have a thought like that, but I've loved it. Like I've learned so much about myself through therapy.
0: Ever, I've never heard someone like be doing therapy and say, ah, eh, don't need it. It's not for me. I feel like anyone that, that starts doing it talks about how life changing is. I don't do therapy, but I could probably use a fuck ton of it. <laughs> I really should. I should do it. Well, the interesting thing is like my friend right now, she
1: like paused her membership and um, she was like, there's something I need it right now. And I was like, Okay. And then like for the last two, three weeks, I've been telling her, I'm like, my anxiety is amazing. I'm so excited about the rumble, like all this stuff where I could have paused it. But instead I was like, let me just talk about it. And I actually feel like I have gotten the most out of my less anxious, happy weeks than when I was like, oh my God, like on the verge of like crying from anxiety. I've gotten so much out of it when I was like, oh, I don't need it because then my guard's down, then I'm less defensive. I'm not anxious. And I'm like, sure, let's talk about my mom or my dad or, well, how was their marriage? Like, you know, word stuff I've never even thought of. Um, I kind of told my therapist at the first session, I was like, you know what? I work out almost every day. I work my body out. I work on my businesses, but I don't work my brain out. And I just feel like if I started lightly walking on my brain, lightly jogging. And then we went into a run, like imagine what I could uncomfort. Like I'm 38, I'm single. I'm not married. Is there a reason for that? I don't know. Let's jump into therapy. So
0: yeah. A big thank you to Summer for hanging out with me. Always good to see you. Always good to talk to you. I got to see her. You guys got to hear her, but you can see her if you go over to my YouTube or my YouTube. Just search my name, Renee Paquette, and it'll all come up there. And you guys can subscribe it, like to it, turn on your notifications. I feel like we're just cranking up the content, content creators. Check it all out over there. Um, this has been a good time. Kudos to Summer. Cannot wait to see what you do in the Rumble this year. I just want to hear her music hit again. Call to me, call to me. Something like that. My pitch might have been slightly off. Mm. See you guys next time on The Sessions.